0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hi. How are you today? I'm really. good. I'm trying to hold in a sneeze right now. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that was funny. All right. Well, today we want to reminisce with you about how you learned how to drive, but we'll do that between your vehicle repair qu- uh, question calls. Did you learn in the high school parking lot? Did uh, you sit on somebody's lap? Did you learn from bumper cars? We want to hear your story in between our vehicle repair question calls. Now, Allison, I know you help teach people how to drive um, autocross, and 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 that we'll get into that in a little bit. How did you learn how to drive? I guess I'll tell the truth. <laughs> I wanted to drive so
2: much. When I was in high school, I think it was that I actually stole my mom's car and I got right busted, of course, but I just took off out of the neighborhood. I didn't make it very far before I stalled the engine because it was carbureted and I had put too much fuel in there I couldn't crank it back up. Uh, That was a big mess. (laughs) But um, I wanted to drive really, really bad. So, you know, I got my driver's permit like everyone else did at at 14 or 15 years old. And I got my license at 15. So and I started running little errands for my mom, running up to the grocery, not to the grocery store, to the convenience store in front of our neighborhood to get bread and and stuff like that. So I learned kind of slowly. And then eventually I was driving and my dad would just let me drive everywhere we went. And he was a... uh, very much um, a fast driver, so he let me go as fast as I wanted to go. So I learned high-speed driving, uh, pretty much topping out our Suburban at and- 90 something miles per hour on the interstate and stuff like that which is not I'm not saying that's a good idea at all <laughs> but I learned I learned how to I learned how to drive with him in the rain through the mountains stuff like that when I was you know probably too young to be driving like that uh, so I, I, I got my skills like that as far as when I first started out
1: well we lived not too far in Arkansas there was an amusement park called dog patch, that dog was, patch. was built on the little Abner comic strip and everything yeah. things was like the 20s or it the teens. It was so cute. Yeah, we went there once. And they had these antique cars. They weren't bumper cars. They were one passenger, little tiny things. But they had like, they didn't have a clutch, but they had a uh, they had a brake and a gas pedal. And you could steer them, and then you they had a iron rail down the middle. So that's how I, I think that was the very first time I ever drove anything. Yeah. But then my brother was... Twelve years older than me. So oh, probably when he was 17 or whatever, he let me sit on his lap and drive in the boonies. Yeah. You know, sit in his lap and I could steer. And then when I was 13, my mom would let me drive. My aunt lived about 30 miles away via uh, country roads. And yeah. so, yeah, she would let me drive there. So, you know, I think on my 14th birthday, I went to get my learner's permit. And then our high school didn't have a driver's ed course, but the university in town did. And it, I can't believe how fancy smancy it is even now. We had, it was like four or six weeks long, and we had book learning in the morning. Then we'd have lunch. We'd we'd go get tacos for lunch. And then in the afternoon, we'd break into two different groups and half we had simulators where we would and we would watch the training video where there's the ball, and there's the kids, and as you're rolling down, and then they stop the video. what should you be looking out for? Here's the parked car. Here's, and you 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 have to kind of watch to see uh, what could happen. And it's the somebody backing up out of the driveway. Sounds a lot better than the way I learned. <laughs> well, we we attempted to find out if there were any. Mississippi public schools that had driver's ed, but it's, you know, the beginning of school year and the Department of Education couldn't get back to me in time. I did see on Facebook that Brandon High School had a summer school. They only had slots for 14 people, but they had a driver's ed for in the summer. Yeah. So That's we want to hear from you. We want to learn uh, if your does your kids' school have a driver's ed program? How did you learn how to drive? How are you teaching your kids how to drive? Uh, we'll do that in between some of our uh, questions that you're going to call in and ask Allison about. I'll remind you of our phone number. It's one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one. 1- Eight seven seven, six seven two, seven four six four. You could also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline org. And Allison, you teach driving. Yes, so do you. Tell us about what you teach. How you teach? I'll give a I'll give an example from
2: what I'm doing um, with a fella. Um, his. Uh, family paid for him to get six lessons and so the last lesson will be today but um, what I started out with at the very first day I drove I got in the I, I, I started out with me driving I showed him you need to stay in the middle of the lane you need to brake gently accelerate gently Uh, And we went on back roads of Madison and Ridgeland area, and then I let him drive. And he's instantly staying in the middle of the lane, which instantly focuses you on what's in front of you. Is there potholes? Is there children? It keeps you centered on the road, which is one of the biggest things I see people not doing. I've seen so many adults do this, is not paying attention to literally what's in front of the road. I see them run over potholes or run over things in the road. They're talking. They're not paying attention. There's a car getting too close, and uh, I think people lose that focus. So my main, main, main concern on the very first lesson was to get him focused. Let's, Let's hone it down. Let's forget everything else that's going on. Put your phone away, and let's focus on just staying in the center of the lane. And then we built up from there eventually driving on the interstate, uh, you know, getting in some traffic and stuff like that, ride it red and things like, so some basic things that he didn't know. And um, so just going through that. And then, so in the midst of that, um, we had an autocross weekend and I pretty much begged him to come to that. I said, you really need, this um, to enhance his skills because he kind of has a little bit of a, he doesn't flow with his car very well. He brakes a little too hard at times, a little too soft to others, waits too late to to brake and things like that. And you learn that in autocross. Um, I'm not just pumping autocross to say that, but that's something that the SCCA does say that they do recommend coming and doing some autocrosses or doing the driving schools that we have to learn autocross for beginning driver, beginner driver because it's so much learning in a focused, concentrated setting and with experienced drivers to teach you how to do emergency braking, which is really important, how to turn your steering wheel when you go into emergency braking, or if you lose control, it can help you understand what to do with your car, which if any, everyone out there pretty much has had an emergency situation at some time. Your, what your car does and what you feel like it's going to do is usually not the same thing. And it, and it really helps to get a feel for what your car is going to do and how you should react. That little bit helps. And hopefully you don't have to use that. But the, the learning emergency braking is one of the, the biggest things that, that's hard to teach just on the road. So I, um, I like that he, he did come to the autocross. He absolutely loved it and wants to come back and do it again. And um, he is a little bit of a car guy, so he was interested in it anyway, but he learned a lot. He improved every time he went on the track um, that day. We had six runs, and that was really, really awesome. So I teach those lessons. I also teach lessons about Taking the spare tire off your car um, or putting a spare tire on your car, I teach you know what fluids to check and just kind of give like beginner people who are, know nothing about cars like an overall review of what you need to know and 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 you know I'll do I can do an hour lesson with that or I can do a series of lessons like I did with this gentleman and um you know and that's that's something that I do that's not just mechanic work you know a little little different and I, I think it went a long way he he is absolutely Absolutely loved his lessons and he has improved so much every time because his beginning... He was as as he started. He literally could not drive on the interstate, and now he's comfortable with it, and he's driving on his own, which he was not doing at first. He was he was getting driven around everywhere, and now he's he's driving. I encouraged him drive, get out there and and drive, because he was very he had a lot of anxiety with driving, so I I helped uh, calm that down with him. So so it's been real successful. You
1: made a difference in a life there. I hope. Okay, (laughs) Allison, we're going to take a phone call. Let's go to Joe in. Natchez. Joe, thanks so much for calling in. Go ahead.
0: Well, I just wanted to uh, mention because when you brought up about driver's ed, I took driver's ed when I was in school in St. Petersburg, Florida. I probably was 15 at the time. And, oh, St. Petersburg.
2: Uh, I, I, I love St. Petersburg.
0: Yeah, Ben, I'm 70 now. And, oh, wow. And, and, and I was taught through driver's bed through many things, how to parallel park, and right today, I'm excellent with that. I know how to pull up, let your back bumper be, even with the back bumper of the car that you are pulling beside to park behind, but not too close, and how to turn in and watch the front, so when you get ready to drop the front end, you don't hit the back of that car. But because I learned that when I was... uh, probably 15 16 uh today at 70 i think i can do it excellent oh
2: wow you know we could probably do a show just on parallel parking um <laughs> because it's 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 hard it's hard to do it's hard to get the hang of it and if you don't get the hang of it then it's just a pain i know people that uh and i know you probably know a lot of people who would literally avoid it <laughs> unless it's a pull-in straight parking spot they will not parallel park
1: Joe, I wish I could give you a gold star. That is awesome. I I lived in Chicago for a while, and I value my parallel parking skills like nobody's business. I'm so excited that I know how to do that. Joe, thanks so much for calling in. We appreciate you. We're going to take our first break. We're going to continue our discussion about learning how to drive when we come back from our break. If you have a problem with your vehicle, hey, Allison's sitting right here, and she'll help steer you in the right direction. Call us at 1-877-MPB-RING that's 1-877-672-7464 you could also send us an email to our address auto at mpbonline.org is your car under recall we'll have a list of ones that are when we come back you're listening to Autocorrect on MBB Think Radio Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the Lady Auto Mechanic. All of those are capitalized. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, please find our podcast. And if you are listening to our podcast right now go ahead and email us and tell us what you like to do while you're listening to our podcast before we get to the recalls let's take some phone calls we're going to go to jean in manti jean thanks for calling in to autocorrect go ahead thank you for taking my call i drive an 06 buick rendezvous and the car is not overheating
2: but my temperature gauge is going wild it starts out anywhere on the dial, and it winds up way past overheated, but my car is not overheating. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm wondering if maybe something electrical is going on with to the, your coolant temperature sensor. I would check to make sure it's tight there. The connection is tight. Find your coolant temperature on your car. Um, it's usually going to be around the thermostat housing if that helps you look for it, but sometimes it's not. And uh, you can Google where it is on your car and check and make sure that that electrical connection is good on there and that it's it's connected tight. Other than that, it I've heard of GM having problems with their instrument cluster, and that could be one of the symptoms of it, and it could be where the whole cluster has to be replaced as they have a circuit board on the back of them that's, you, you know, like a circuit board, and, and they, they can act up. And I know GM has a problem with a lot of theirs, so much so that I know a guy in this this area that literally does just replacement of gm instrument clusters for a living that's that's that's, um, Uh, what was the first place you
0: said to check
2: the connection between on the coolant temperature sister sensor just make sure it's connected tightly and that that connection hasn't gotten loose or damage on the wiring to that and just just have a check and, and look at that but um Barring that, I'd I'd have to uh, look it up. If you want, what I'd like to do with this situation is research a little bit, and if you email me uh, about this problem, email us here. It's um, auto Auto. at at mpbonline.org. Okay. And then I can look at it a little further and maybe give you some more information about it. Okay, I'll check that out first.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.